Thank you, Father. Our Father is constant. But he's not predictable. He wants to be known. Is my, my microphone too loud? Everything good? Good? Melissa, what do you think? A little loud. People online are like, I can't hear you. God is never changing and always doing something new. He wants to be steady for you. He wants you to know he's always there for you. He wants you to know he's a constant presence in your life. He wants you to know that he'll never leave you and never forsake you. That he's always there. He's constant. But he's not predictable. He doesn't want to become the one who never changes, the one who is always the same. He doesn't want to be the same in every day and everything he does for you. He wants you to always know. Now, some folks may think that magic ain't holy. But he got tricks up his sleeve. And he wants you to always know that. That the ever constant one, the one who was, the one who always is, the one who always is to come, he's got something new for you. He's got something in store for you. He's got a surprise for you. He's the God of the surprise. It's Trinity's birthday on Monday. It probably surprised her a little bit that we sang happy birthday to her. God is a God of surprises. And I feel that the Lord wants us to know that he doesn't want you to lose your surprise ability. Why are you laughing? Oh, surprisability, not a word? Come on, you know what I mean. Don't lose your sense of wonder and your sense of expectation about what God can do. See, the problem with the verse that says, to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can think and hope and imagine, the problem is that that means that once we think of a solution, he's got to up it. Because he's going to do exceedingly and abundantly above that. So I think we need to stop thinking, and we need to stop trying, and we need to stop planning on how this thing, this issue that you deal with is going to resolve. Because once we think of something, God's like, I can't do that now. I got to go above it. 
he has a tough time with you planners out there. Because for every one problem, you got 20 solutions. And me, he may have had one of those solutions as his solution, but now he's like, darn. Can't do that. Got to up it. To him who does exceedingly and abundantly above what we can come up with in our own understandings and our own imaginations. Do you understand that? Above what we can come up with. Above the plans. He is the God of the surprise. And the ever constant God doesn't want to lose the title of the God of the surprise. The God of the surprise. See, as a husband, I love to surprise my wife. I'm not very good at it, though. And it's really hard when she's got this amped up gift of prophecy. Whenever I surprise her and I go, surprise! And she goes, I knew you were going to do that. I got to up my surprise game with Susie. I like to surprise her. As a husband. I like to surprise her. It is sweet, Paula. I like to surprise her. I don't like to startle her. She doesn't like to be startled. There's a difference between being surprised and being startled. Susie likes to be surprised. She doesn't like to be startled. And it really stinks for her when I'm driving because I slam on my brakes for every leaf that looks like an animal. I don't know if you've ever done that, but a little leaf blows across the road, and I'm like, and she goes, she hates that. She hates that. She's okay with the surprise. She doesn't like to be startled. <laughs> you want to hear a funny story? A little funny anecdote? Susie was in the car with me. I don't know. <laughs> now, when she's startled, she makes the same noise. <gasps> so we were in the car one day, and I guess she was in a good mood. I don't know why. But she was singing, what was the song? It was a Mary Poppins. Chim, chimmery, chim, chimmery, chim, chimmery. She's sitting there. In the passenger seat, chim chimmery, chim chimmery, chim chim, chim chimmery. And then a leaf. <laughs> and we joke about it to this day because she literally went chim chimmery, chim chimmery, chim. chim. <gasps> she likes to be surprised. She doesn't like to be startled. But God needs to wake us up sometimes. And God needs to inject a little energy into us when we're feeling a little bit lethargic. And we forget his promises that are yes and amen. And we forget... That he's bigger than our problems, and he's bigger than our issues, and he's bigger than our health issues, and he's got lungs bigger than Carol's. And he's got enough air and breath in his lungs to fill an infinite amount of people's lungs. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Adonai. We always need to remember that you're bigger. 
my ways are not your ways. He says in Jeremiah, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher and my thoughts are higher. But we're in this space of we're having issues and we need to figure out how to resolve it. So we put the map on the table and we figure out the flowchart of how we're going to navigate through this. And for all of you computer programmers, it's a very complicated if-then-else statement. Case when. If this is going to happen, but else. If not, then we're going to do this. And if not, then we're going to do this. And if we're not, we're going to do this. And sometimes we got to do that. Sometimes we got to do that. Did I say Sorry. That's what happens when I don't have a PowerPoint. Thank you for correcting me. Isaiah said that, his ways are higher than ours. Thank you, Father. But we some, we got to plan it. we got to plan it out. Any planners in this place? Any planners in this place? That doesn't feel really comfortable just kind of leaving it open-ended. You kind of have to know exactly, like, what your next step is going to be, and you got to plan the next step, and you got to plan. Like, I, I fall into that category. But leave the space for the surprise. Come on, somebody. Leave the space for the surprise. Leave that space for the surprise. Because the predictable God doesn't want to be put into a box. He doesn't want to be put into a box. He doesn't want you to put him into a box. He doesn't want to be limited to your best solution. Won't be limited to your best best solution. And he wants us to remember that. Or else we get stuck in the possibilities and the limitations of the possibilities that we can come up with. Greater, exceedingly and abundantly above. The story of Jacob and Esau is one of my favorites in the Bible. The last time we saw Esau was a couple of chapters ago when he wanted to kill his brother. That was the last time we saw him. He said, I'm going to kill him. Once was it when dad died, when Isaac died? He was waiting for a certain time to kill him. What's that? He says, wait, wait till, wait till dad dies. I'm going to kill him. That was the last we heard of this hairy red dude named Esau. He wanted to kill his brother for the deception, for stealing his birthright, for stealing the blessing, for tricking the situation. So the mom sent him away. Go, go to my brother's house. Lavan, Laban, and just find a life there and just go and flee your brother. That is the last time we see Esau. He wanted to kill his brother Jacob, and Jacob had to flee and go find a life and a dysfunctional family and far too many wives. Come on. That's right. But now he was there for like 20 years. 
20 years and God says it's time to go back. And it always mesmerizes me that between the place of where he was with Laban and the place that he was going to stood the land of Seir where Esau was. He had to confront Esau, the brother that wanted to kill him last we saw him. And there was no way around that mountain. He had to go through it. He had to connect with Esau. He had to engage with Esau. There was no way around it. He had to face this guy that last we heard wanted him dead. And now he hears that he's coming with an army of about 400. And Jacob is frightened. Now Jacob, the deceiver, the hyper planner, the guy that can finagle his way out of any situation, has got to figure out a way out of this situation. So he sends parties up ahead. He breaks his camp into parts, and he sends one part, and if he's just in case Esau kills them, the rest can flee, and he's, he separates them. He puts space between party to party to go to Esau, and then they come back, and they say, oh, no, he's coming. And Jacob is scared. He's scared. How do I know it's that he's scared? Because the Bible says that he's scared. And he separates his family, and he sends Leah and the kids and the concubine and the kids. He's going to have too many wives. And Rachel and the kids, and he sends them away, and he's left alone all by himself to wrestle with God. What's that? He eventually goes in front of them, and they were, in, in, they were behind him. Yeah, sends them in front, sends them across the river, across the little brook. Sends them across the, the brook, and he's all alone wrestles with God. He has the wrestling match and he gets the name change. Thank you, Adonai, that you know our real name. Thank you, Father, that you really know us. Nobody else does. Thank you, Adonai, that even though we have problems, even though we do things wrong, you got a name, you got a prophecy, you got a purpose, you got a calling. And now it's time for him and him alone to face his brother. He had many plans, separate the camps, put spaces between them, shower him with gifts, just give him stuff. Maybe I, I remember the time that he was hungry. Does somebody have any more lentils to give him? It worked one time. Maybe the gifts were lentils. Somebody cook a pot of lentils. Esau's coming, and if I remember from 20 years ago, he kind of likes him. Plans, plans, gifts, multiple camps, various ways out. Plan A, plan B, plan C. The deceiver Jacob, he had it all figured out. There was one thing he didn't figure out. That after 20 years of not seeing his brother... His brother would have a heart change. And he finally comes face to face with his brother. And just like we read, he hugs him. 
And he kisses him. And he says, what's the deal with all these lentils? I'm kind of sick of it. In a couple of years, you and your descendants will be sick of the, the, the manna. You know what I'm talking about. Too much of a good things. Blech. But what's with all the gifts? I don't understand it. Jacob's like, I thought you were going to kill me. But now I know seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. Come on. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. What is happening here? His plan A, his plan B, his plan C on how to get out of the situation did not account for God's true plan A. Greater things that he will do, exceedingly abundantly above we can craft ourselves. Esau had a heart change, wouldn't you know it? Esau had a heart change. That didn't come across in Jacob's maps and his thinking that maybe Esau's just a different person. Maybe somebody here needs to know that the people that you're praying about, God is still working on. And maybe you're thinking of all these different solutions for somebody else, but God has something greater. Maybe you're thinking of solutions for yourself, but God has something greater. He's the God of the surprise. He surprised Jacob with something that he could not contrive or could not come up with himself. And that's God. And he doesn't want you to forget it. That's God. And he doesn't want you to forget it. That is who you are. 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 He doesn't want you to forget it. And there was a space that Jacob needed to put between himself when he was alone and his family that he sent before him and the other camps that he set before them there was always a space there was a space it says he left a space between them and him and this is where we are we're in this space between the trust and the planning we're in the space between the trust where we just sit and trust and believe in his promises for the provision for the new home for the new job for the health we're in this place of trust and there's a space between that and where we're doing. We're going to go do, and we're going to go take a look at the houses. And we're going to go and go on Indeed.com, and we're going to see what we got. We're going to talk to the headhunter. And if that doesn't work, we got the, you know. But it's okay to be in that space. It's okay that there's a space between that place of trust where Jacob just prayed to God. And he says, I am afraid of my brother Esau, but you made a promise that my children are going to be like the sands of the sea and the stars of the heaven. That's when he was alone, but he still had to plan all these things. Even though he had to do that, God provided in ways that he did not even consider. He is the God of the surprise. He's 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 the God of the surprise. Jacob didn't think of a heart change, a mind change, but God had that plan. 20 years we didn't hear about Esau. God, we didn't even, not even written about in the Bible during those 20 years. God did something amazing. 
thank you, Adonai, that you're working in the background. Thank you, even when we don't see that you're working. Even when we don't feel it, you're working. And you never stop working. That is who you are. Surprise. Surprise. The people of Israel expected the Mashiach, the Messiah, to be one thing. Surprise. He dies for your sins. The disciples thought it was all done. He was dead. It was done. He was in the grave. Surprise. He rose up. Surprise. He's the God of the surprise. This Pharisee, Paul, Shaul, was killing these new believers, these, this fledgling faith. He was killing them. Surprise! Yeshua meets him on the road and reveals himself to him, and he becomes somebody who changes the world. Surprise! What are we going to do about all these Gentiles coming into this Jewish faith? I don't know. Surprise, Peter! God poured his Holy Spirit out on Cornelius. Surprise! Well, I can't really eat with you. That's what that's, you know, I'm not really allowed to eat with people like you. Boom. He pours out the Holy Spirit on him, causing a ripple effect across time, across nations. Surprise. 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 See, when we put God into a box, he don't like it. He'll break out of it. He'll break out of it. He'll break out of those boxes. He'll break out of it. <laughs> I think we've done this before, like years ago. Like there's a song in the, in the heavenlies. There's a song that's happening right now in spirit. And if you have ears to hear and, and your, your antenna is just right, you might hear. He doesn't want to be in a box. He doesn't want to be in a box. Don't lose, oh no, don't lose your surprise ability. Don't lose your surprise ability. Life can be hard. Life has its challenges. There's job loss. There's home loss. There's health loss. There's monetary loss. There's relationship loss. There's marriage loss. There's a lot of difficult things in life. But the God factor is there. It ain't dependent upon the quality of your belief. Remember, he did this work with Jacob when he had the space between where his trust was and where his planning was. It wasn't all there. It wasn't all faith. But God still did a miracle. He's the God of a surprise. Thank you, Father. 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 You know who God likes to surprise? He doesn't just like to surprise us. You know who God likes to surprise? The enemy. Surprise! I have a hunch that that's what happened on that third day on that, if you're Jewish, it's the first day of the counting of the Omer. Don't ask what that is. In a couple of months, we'll talk about it. But that's when Yeshua was resurrected. And I have a hunch. He went to the enemy. He went to Hasatan at that point and went. Surprise! 
Surprise! Is there anybody here that's willing to be that vessel that's going to surprise the enemy? Because I tell you, the enemy thinks he's got you down. The enemy thinks he's got you in a tomb and there ain't no coming out of it. The enemy thinks he's got right where you are, right where he wants you to be. But guess what? Greater things will he do. Greater things are yet to come. Greater things are in his, are up his sleeve exceedingly abundantly above. And when he brings that out and he brings forth the deliverance in you that you can't even think of or contrive yourself. Hasatan. Surprise! Hallelujah! 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 The enemy's got nothing when God's got something. The enemy's got nothing when God's got something. The enemy's got nothing when God's got something. And he's got more than a little something. He's got something great and powerful and mighty. And it's okay that you are where you are. We're all in that space. Jacob put the space between the places of the Lord. I know your promises and all the things that he sent out to correct the situation himself. There was a space. We're all in that space. We're all in that space. And I'm going to come to service and I'm going to praise and I'm going to worship. And I'm going to look for that other job. I'm going to do all these things I can. We're all in that space. We're all in that space. But leave space for the surprise. Leave space for the surprise and don't lose. What's a better word than surprisability if surprisability is a word? Somebody. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose that mustard seed. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Do we have any mustard seeds here? I don't know. I got a little thing from a fake poinsettia. Don't lose your mustard seed. Don't lose your mustard seed. Don't lose your mustard seed. Thank you, Father. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. I'll end with this. You know what I've learned? There's a word. word is never. Esau is never going to change. How many people may think that Jacob may have thought that over the course of his life, Esau is never going to change. I don't think God likes the word never so much. Because that's a little bit of a box that he doesn't like to be in. Because once we say never, Peter had to learn that lesson the hard way. I'm going to be taken, I'm going to be arrested, and I'm going to be killed. Never, never will I allow this to happen. Oh, yeah? Never will I allow, not on my dime, never. Oh, yeah? See, Peter had to learn. When we say never, God may have a little lesson for us in that. We got to be careful about that. I will never, I will never. 
I will never. We got to be careful. He doesn't like nevers. Thank you, Adonai. A little anecdote about never. I want to close the service in prayer. Here's a little story about never. In our previous congregation, we spoke last week about how the congregation in New Jersey just just were the, um, the I don't want to say the victims, but they uh, received an anti-Semitic attack on the congregation uh, where uh, the congregation, there were swastikas painted and um, the fire extinguishers were unloaded all throughout the place and just really bad, really bad phrases written all over the work, all the walls. I would never repeat here. And um, anyway, so that congregation, so Rabbi Jan is the rabbi there. He was my previous rabbi before moving to Rhode Island. And when his father died, it's, it's a beautiful story. It's a good story. When his father died, that's not the good part. When his father died, See, Rabbi Jan and I have a similar history when it comes to our Jewish families. We received a whole lot of rejection when we accepted the Lord. And Rabbi Jan's father eventually passed away, and he had a funeral in Passaic, New Jersey, which is a very Orthodox Jewish area. And Rabbi Jan, along with the family, went to the synagogue at the funeral to honor, right, and pay tribute to his father, and he wanted to just go up at the podium at the bima and just speak a little bit about his father. His father. And the rabbi said, you will never speak at this synagogue because you believe in Jesus. This was his own father's funeral. And the rabbi there said, you will never speak here and he wasn't allowed god don't like nevers because a couple of years later rabbi jan met this spanish pastor and they developed a relationship with each other and the spanish pastor invited rabbi jan to speak at his congregation which happens to be in Passaic, New Jersey. I think you know where this is going. Rabbi Jan goes to the address, and wouldn't you know it, it's the same synagogue where the rabbi said you would never speak here. It was closed and sold to the Spanish church. And he went there, and he gave a message. God don't like nevers. Never say never. Never say never. All things are possible. That's the biblical way of saying never say never. All things are possible. With man, it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. So, Father, I just lift this up to you, Lord God. I pray that those who may have been leaning on the side of forgetting the possible or have defined, self-defined, and boxed up the definition of possible and possibility. Father, we just puncture holes in that in the name of Yeshua. So Yeshua can arise, so his promises can arise, and our faith can arise. Let's puncture holes into the box that we put our faith into, and the limitations that we put on what the solution of our issues can be. God's solutions are far greater exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask, hope, think, imagine, pray for anything 
And Father, today we just acknowledge that. We acknowledge that you can do greater than what we can come up with, Father. There is no way that your son Jacob thought that Esau was going to have a change of heart and come and run to him and cry and kiss and hug him. No way, that wasn't in the plan. That wasn't in his plan A, plan B, plan C, plan Z. But greater things. But greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Greater things. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah.